Welcome to episode two of the Anti-Reactive Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Hoppy, parent educator and counselor, mom of two, and lover of all things related to parenting. This week's podcast is about raising future adults. Children are future adults. I mean, that's the whole goal of parenting, right? You spend 18 or so years, sometimes longer, loving, nurturing, feeding, clothing, and providing for your child so that they can leave the nest, go out on their own, and thrive into adulthood. We all want to see our children grow and be prepared to join the real world. As much as I wish there was a switch we could just flip when it's officially time for our kids to strike out on their own that would make them fully ready, there's not. But we are gifted with 18 years to get them prepared. And there's so much to teach them. What is important to you for your child to know before they're on their own? Maybe you're thinking of things like how to do their own laundry, schedule their own doctor appointments, or cook and eat a balanced diet. Or maybe you're thinking about how to tell when someone is trying to take advantage of them when they're looking for housing, how to manage their finances to live within their means while also saving for retirement, or how to find the right insurance. Or maybe you're thinking about the ins and outs of how to research political candidates and vote responsibly, or how to read ingredient labels and how to calculate percentages of saturated fats, unsaturated fats, and cholesterol so they don't end up on medication like previous generations, or how to select and hang drywall, install light fixtures, roof a house so they never have to pay someone to do a job they should be able to do for themselves. Whew! I mean, this list can get pretty detailed complex and deep when you start to think about all of the things you need to know before adulthood. 18 years suddenly doesn't seem like enough time. Now, before you try to get a jump start on this and try to teach your five-year-old how to change the oil, take a deep breath. I think we can all agree that there will never be enough time to teach our kids every single thing we think they should know to enter adulthood successfully. And that's why parenting is a lifelong endeavor. I know I still call my mom multiple times a week to talk about life and the problems I'm facing or the joys I'm experiencing because I know she understands me in ways that even my closest friends do not. And it is my most sincere desire that my kids do the same, no matter how old they get. I hope that I'm the first person they think to call when they need help, a listening ear, or to share their excitement. Now, of course, these dynamics should change and adapt once they have families of their own, but I always want to be right at the top of that list of people they can count on. Okay, so let's back it up a minute. How do we get from changing diapers to coaching your child on how to snake a toilet over the phone at 2 a.m. when they've moved into their first apartment? Now, I really don't have any advice in the DIY department, but I can talk to you about how we as parents mold and shape our children into the adults they eventually will become. Let's start with the basics. What are your values? I feel like I should put a stinger in here or something because it will always come back to this. But seriously, what are your values? When you picture your child becoming an adult, what kind of person do you wish for them to be? What's your desire for how they treat other people? Treat their friends? Treat their spouse? Treat the cashier at the grocery store? Do you wish for them to be kind, compassionate, the kind of person who will give you the shirt off their back? The person who is extremely self-reliant? Maybe a person who knows how to deal with conflict instead of running away from it or acting out on it with violence? What do you envision? Now, obviously, our children are their own unique human beings. They all have their own personalities and will have their own life experiences that also shape them into the people they become. But it is our job as parents to teach them values and lay that foundation of, 
and hopefully you remember the definition from my first podcast, what is right, what is wrong, and how to act in various situations. If you haven't listened to my first podcast on defining your values, I highly suggest going back and listening, but you are the one who will have the greatest impact in teaching these things to your children. So when do you start thinking about your children as adults and instilling those values for adulthood? Well, you start now. You start early and you start often. If you haven't thought about it yet, now is the perfect time. When you first become a parent, it's all about survival, right? You're working around the clock to keep baby alive, trying to find your groove, figure out your baby and find your new normal. And once baby is mobile, you start trying to teach boundaries about what is safe for them and what isn't. What goes in the mouth, what doesn't. You teach them about no hitting and how to be appropriate with their hands and with other people and it just goes on and on. But each of these moments, all the way up to adulthood, are opportunities to instill your values. And whether you are intending to do so or not, you are instilling values one way or another during these interactions because your child is always watching, observing, and absorbing what you say and how it compares to what you do. My husband, like many others, has been working from home as of late. While he's working, he wears a headset and spends a great deal of time on the phone. Our kids often pop in to check on him during the day, and when they do, he, and he's on a call, he puts his finger to his lips to let them know they need to be quiet because he's on the phone. And in all reality, he spends about 80% of the day walking around, talking on the phone, and working on the computer. Well, fast forward to after the workday, and our youngest child often thinks it's fun to try on the headset my husband wears for work. And what does our son do? He pops it into his ear and then looks us dead in the eye and puts his finger to his lips to gently cue that we should be quiet. He isn't pretending to talk. He didn't go stand in front of the computer. He picked up on the value, what is right, what is wrong, and how to act, that has implicitly been communicated during the experience. And that was the part he picked up on for pretending. I'll tell you another story. There was one sweet girl I know, the youngest in her family. Her name is Sarah, and she has had an eye on what goes on in her family since she could sit up. She quickly learned the routines and all the various behaviors of all the family members. As a toddler, even, her parents would tell her it's time to go somewhere. She quickly learned that leave-the-house routine, and she often observed her older brother hold up the process by not getting his shoes on. So, guess what she started doing? Her parents would say, it's time to go. So she would fetch her brother's shoes and put them in front of him and then work on getting her own shoes. This kept her brother from getting in trouble and got the family out the door faster. I mean, little Sarah could barely talk, but she knew putting shoes on right away was important. So she did what she could to make it happen. As she grew, I saw her do this in so many other ways. It's clear that in her family, listening to what your parents say and doing it the first time is a value. So this little girl makes it makes sure it happens for herself and her brother. So how can you be intentional with these values? It really starts with how you communicate with your child and how you discipline. And this really gets at the heart of today's podcast. Think about what your parenting and parenting choices look like on a daily basis. Are you parenting to survive the moment or the day? Or are you parenting for the long haul? Here's an example. When your house is a mess and covered in toys... Do you pick everything up just to get it done or to avoid what feels like pulling teeth to get your kids to do it? Or do you approach it from a value standpoint? Do you bring the whole family together to help clean up the mess to teach cooperation or to teach that families work together and help each other? 
Do you consistently enforce that your children pick up the messes that they make in order to teach responsibility or to teach respect for, the, for your possessions? Neither approach is wrong or better than another. You need to decide what is best for your family and what you're wanting to teach your children. Yes, neither is wrong, as long as you're being consistent and intentional. Sure, you could just do it yourself, and that's a whole lot easier, certainly. But that method is making a parenting choice to survive the moment. By instilling values and thinking long-term, imparting values in this way now lays the foundation for when the kids are old enough to do bigger chores and then eventually are responsible for homes of their own. And this, my friends, is parenting not to survive the moment, but parenting for the moment and the future. And when you parent for the future, you can rely and fall back on the lessons you've already taught with consistency over time. And it really makes it so much easier on you and your kids to have that foundation to refer back to. If you teach your kids now that we take care of our possessions, they may make choices to drive more cautiously when they get their first car to ensure it doesn't get banged up in a careless maneuver. If you teach them cooperation, they may eventually step in of their own accord to help you clean up after dinner. And if you teach them that families help each other, maybe you won't end up in that scary nursing home after all. Okay, listen, parenting isn't a sprint. It's a marathon. It's not going to be perfect. It's going to be super messy. And we all have bad moments and bad days. In this marathon, sometimes you have to slow your jog or stop completely to catch your breath before psyching yourself back up to get back into the race. Sometimes it feels like all you can do is parent to survive the moment. But even in those most challenging moments, there is still so much we can still teach, even when we feel like we're failing ourselves. Values still shine through in those moments of failure. In those moments, we can teach our children how we want them to handle themselves in similar moments. We can still show up by extending grace to our children and to ourselves, asking for forgiveness, acknowledging that we messed up, and that we're still going to keep trying our best and learn from our mess-ups. We can show our children what compassion looks like by being compassionate with ourselves. We can model what positive self-talk sounds like, even when it's hard and we don't want to, because in those moments, we're teaching our children how to talk to themselves. Would you criticize your child the way you criticize yourself in those moments? Would the words that come out of your mouth be too ugly to bear to hear come out of the mouth of your child? Because one day, when they're grown up, they're going to screw something up. They're going to say something they didn't mean to say. They're going to be burning the candle at both ends and one day burn dinner and feel like they've ruined everything. But because you laid a foundation of unconditional love and acceptance, instead of feeling like their worth is diminished, they might just think that, well, I screwed that up, but I'm not a screw up. I said something hurtful that I didn't really mean, but it doesn't mean I am mean. Dinner wasn't perfect, but it's the not the end of the world, and it's okay that I'm simply doing the best I can. The way you handle yourself now, in the most challenging of moments, has the potential to impact not just your children, but their children. And the choice to invest in solid values in your parenting now can end up being an investment in generations to come. So I challenge you to think about the situations that really trigger you and cause you to parent to survive the moment, because we all have them. Mine is when we're running late and trying to get somewhere, or when it's bedtime and the hands of the clock are quickly ticking past 8 p.m. and no one is near ready for sleep. Guilty. 
What messages are you communicating to your children in those moments? What do they take away from those moments? Do you like what you're teaching them? Think about those situations and how you can flip them into a way to parent long-term. When our family is running late and trying to get somewhere and everyone knows mom is upset, I've been learning to take a moment and ask everyone where did things go wrong that we are now rushing. Sometimes it's my fault and I will certainly own that. Other times it's that everyone was given multiple reminders to stay on task, but those reminders were ignored. That's when I can shine a light on what's important to our family and how we didn't abide by our values. It's important in our house that we be respectful of one another. If I didn't do my part to get our family somewhere on time, I wasn't respectful to everyone else's time, and that's not okay. If mom or dad were ignored, then that's not being respectful either. Or maybe our family should adopt a value of punctuality. I mean, listen, you're allowed to have screw-ups and mistakes. It's going to happen whether you want them to or not. The key is in how you handle yourself after those mistakes occur and using those moments as opportunities to teach something else. You got this. Thanks for listening. And as always, I want to hear from you. What makes you parent to survive? In what ways do you think long-term when it comes to parenting? I'd love to answer any questions you may have too. Leave me a comment on my Instagram or Facebook page, Anti-Reactive Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast and think others would too, please leave a review to help this podcast reach others and we can all grow together. Until next time, parent intentionally, plan for what's to come, and be anti-reactive.